Hello, and welcome to some Derps Talk About Games. I'm your co-host, Mango. And I am your co-host, Buddy. And today we're going to talk a little bit about the Alchemist class. But before we do that, Buddy, why don't you tell the folks at home what it is we do on this podcast. On this podcast, it is our pleasure to talk about games. Um, uh, today we're doing a tabletop episode talking about the Alchemist, but we also have a little bit of housekeeping. <coughs> Yeah, um, the, the house. The housekeeping is essentially. You might notice that the last episode was episode seventy-five. This episode is episode seventy-nine. Um, the reason for this is back when I when we were keeping the uh, the movie episodes as a separate series, we did four of them. Um, and now I want the 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 episode number to line up with the actual number of episodes. So we just jumped ahead four episodes. So you aren't missing any episodes. They're 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 all there. They're just not labeled correctly. Um, consider it a special secret for all of you longtime listeners. Um, but that, that, that's all the housekeeping. Okay. Well, uh, it's been a while since we've done a, uh, a kind of, uh, a, a class breakdown like this one, but the alchemist is one that I've had on my mind for a long time. I've always wanted to play, uh, I've always wanted to play an alchemist and, uh, I love this class and you don't... So, I, I don't, I don't <laughs> not love... The, I think the class is very cool, but I think the class suffers from the same problem that the Druid does, which is it tries to do too many different things at once. Um, it tries to be a spellcaster and this weird kind of also um, bombardier and also a Jekyll and Hyde class and also a... Uh, uh, there's just something else in there, too. The, the, like, the mutagens go all crazy places... Um, and it also tries to be a classical al alchemist at the same time. Um, and I think that, like, the base alchemist suffers these problems, but I think the uh, all of the, the archetypes do a very good job of kind of turning this, like, specializing the class into one of those directions. And so I think the class is is kind of, uh, what what's, what's the word, uh, frantic. This, it, it doesn't have a good sense of, it doesn't have a good core fantasy until you pick an archetype, um, to lift some uh, terminology from from the WoW WoWverse. Uh, the Alchemist class fantasy is kind of disparate, um, with, without an archetype to kind of guide it. So I kind of wonder about this concept because I guess I do feel it to a certain extent with the Druid. Um, <coughs> you know, especially because the Druid kind of uh, the different Druid builds are rooted very much in ability scores. You know what I mean? Like, there's not, like, a lot of kind of unity of ability scores when it comes to the Druid. Uh, but I do think that there is a certain amount of unity to the ability scores when it comes to the Alchemist. Because you modify your own ability scores when you are uh, transformed, you know, using your, using your mutagen. If that kind of makes, if that kind of makes sense. Um, and the other thing I kind of think about is, like, at what point is it okay for a class to have kind of, uh, like, a master of none, a grab bag of a bunch of different abilities that aren't necessarily, like, similar and you can go and, and focus in on after the fact, um, but, you know. I, I think that's fair. I, I, I think you can make the case that the alchemist <coughs> at, its, at its core is supposed to be kind of, um all these different things. I just think that that kind of leads to, so kind of the classic problem I, I, I see with this, and, and this probably speaks more to 
the type of people we play with, I think this is this is very much a Captain Crunch uh, game type problem, is in a game where you're playing a jack-of-all-trades, master of none, you quickly feel like you're not doing a lot because every, like, unless you've, unless you're the jack of all the trades that nobody else is covering, like, unless you're, you're covering totally new ground, there's going to be somebody in the party that's better at you than what you do. And in all those situations, you feel like you fall short and you end up kind of just being constant second fiddle. Um, and then, and you know, you're always the second fiddle as opposed to, you know, the third or the fourth fiddle. But that's that, that I, that, that particularly I find to be un. Uh, satisfying if that makes sense okay see because i you know that that is that is uh that's kind of like my thing a little bit about the alchemist it feels a little bit more like the rogue right like to me where you know the class fantasy is built on a couple of different things um but nothing super kind of like deeper specific and if i wanted to be you know if i wanted to captain crunch it and i wanted to play like a super hardcore grenadier or you know uh kind of like pump up my my mutagens and everything like that like i could theoretically but um it it, it holds together for me better than the druid because at the end of the day the druid is like you can't you can't play a druid where you put like 13s in everything and be useful and that's kind of what you would have to do in order to like play that all around druid usefully. Okay, I, I I see what you're saying, and I definitely don't think that this is that the alchemist is as bad as the druid, um, when it when it comes to this problem, um, but uh, I I I, I don't know. I I, I think that I, I I think that it it helps from the specialization from from the archetypes. Definitely, but, yeah, uh, I feel that. And I think it's an easy class to look at and say, well, I don't really give a shit about mutagens, but I really like bombs. So I'm going to I'm going to go I'm going to go hard for bombs, right? Pick a pick a an archetype that gets me there kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um and I I think this is part of the I think that if like like you know, if you're picking the base, if you're picking the base alchemist and you say, I don't care about um I only care about bombs. I don't care about mutagens. Then you've kind of got this power budget that's gotten into the mutagen that um, uh, that that you you kind of never use. And you know maybe maybe I haven't I have also haven't played um, uh, an alchemy. I think I played a one in a one off once, but I haven't played anyone long term, so I haven't done all of the math. And maybe like using discoveries to get the um, the cognatogens like f- solves this problem because you just have a boost to your bombs when you need it. Um, but I, um, I, I do think that y- you kind of can get down that road. But I think we should probably dive into the actual class features. Okay. And we can maybe come back to this discussion a little bit towards the end. Make sense? Yeah. All right. So let's, as usual with this, just go down the line. Um, weapon and armor proficiency. Alchemists are proficient with all simple weapons and bombs. Um, they're proficient with light armor, but not with shields. Um, seems about right to me oh i actually forgot all the top the top stuff but let's let's just do this since i've already said it um does that that, that seems about right to me yeah um, it, i have inter- no i have no um, issue with any of that with bombs and proficiency do you think that implies that like another class could take proficiency in bombs um, oh shit i never thought about that i mean how would it really work though um i it would have to be through some sort of weird uh, we, we're kind of sideways thing. Like maybe, maybe like some, uh, an archetype or like a, 
like I, I could see building like a, a homebrew or a third party class about around it, or as a or you know Paizo building an archetype around it. I don't think that they are. It's just something I, I noticed. I think um, it's it's them covering their bases so that yeah. if you know somebody you know nobody does that thing with like the unarmed strike monk thing or whatever where it's like oh well you know they're not actually proficient in their own bombs oh yeah you know yeah, I mean? yeah yeah that's I think that's what that is preventing more than anything yeah. else but learning lessons from three five yeah yeah, yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> um and then like the the light armor not with shields this all makes sense with me because because I think at their core they're really more of kind of uh, like like a, a half martial class, which if we go back to uh, the top top of the page, got a D8 hit die, got a three quarters BAB. It, 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 everything seems kind of in line with being like a three quarters BAB class. Um, I was very surprised. It is very surprising to me that they have a good reflex save and not a good will save. I would have thought that this would have been fort plus two, will plus two, you know, kind of fort for like poison kind of stuff. And uh, and will for them being kind of a, a you know like a brainy class sort of thing. Reflex yeah. is uh, reflex is kind of interesting. Though I yeah. also kind of get that too because you're you're after like handling bombs and shit. I don't know. Yeah, I I think this is kind of uh, along the lines of like the, the the class the class kind of has its its, its fingers in, in a lot of different pies. Um, but yeah, I, I see your point. I also I I I could see I could see them being like a. Uh, a three good save class if I don't know what the trade-offs are supposed to be for that, but I could see that. Um, and uh, the skill ranks, four plus int modifier, seems about right. Um, not much else to, to, to say about that, really. Um, uh, class skills are appraise, craft, disable device, fly, heal, knowledge, uh, arcana, nature, uh, or knowledge is arcana in nature, perception, profession, sleight of hand, spellcraft, survival, and use magic device. That seems about anything that seems like it's uh, missing from that list on that list to you. Uh, that seems good to me. I like that. Um, I like that it has disabled device. I feel like that's a skill that gets uh, that uh, can get. It's it's important and it's a, and it's a very like good skill to have. But really, usually only like rogues kind of get it. And so I think it's neat that they that they have access to uh, that they have access to it. I also like that they don't have a lot of the kind of um, like physical skills. You know what I mean? There's no climb. There's no swim. There's no acrobatics. Anything like that. I think all of that stuff would be kind of out of place here. Yeah, it's a little weird to me that they get fly and not ride. But I guess that's uh, well, they can I, drink I, extracts of fly, right? Well, that's that's a good point. That makes sense. Um, but yeah. I know there's at least one ride, uh, uh, one one kind of ride uh, or mount based. Uh, uh, what's it called? Um, wow, of course there is archetype. It's it's got <laughs> they got like a construct mount. Um, I don't remember what it's called, but um, you know, yeah, like you said, of, of course there is. There there's I think there's a mount based version of of nearly every class, um, except for maybe the hardcore casters. But I die. Russ, um, is, did you have anything else you wanted to say about, like, the, kind of the base numbers? Uh, not really. Four plus int is actually a lot of skill points. This is an int base class, primarily. Um, I think they need, the, you know, they, they need these skill points, right? Obviously, craft uh, comes into it, though we can get into that, I guess, a little bit when we get into uh, the class features, the first of which uh, is alchemy, right? Um, 
Alchemy is a very weird and interesting class feature, and I have no clue how to think about it. Um, it feels like it's powerful, and it takes a good amount of power from, like, the power budget, almost, right? Like, you can make Tanglefoot bags, you can make, you know, you can just make all these different alchemical, you know, like, alchemical items. Um, but at the same time, I kind of wonder how useful that kind of stuff is in any given in any given campaign and how much of the power budget really comes into this like crafts craft alchemy stuff if you go hard for craft alchemy like it can really be rewarding um yeah which is kind of nuts uh, i i feel like um i feel like the craft alchemy stuff like like most kind of these item based things kind of drops off after like fairly quickly i feel like it stops being super useful at like level five ish maybe if that makes sense um well okay yeah but what i would say about that is um like what i would say about that is that i think the uh ability to create like like there are certain alchemical items that are just really fucking good like tanglefoot bag it, like, ensnares you... Well, I want to, like, read this real quick because I could be wrong. I, um, it, it's one of those things where I think the saves stay low enough that they they kind of fall off for... If I remember correctly, this thing doesn't even have a save. Uh, oh. It, okay, the the save is... Oh, well, what is it? What is it? Okay, this is what happens. An entangled creature takes a minus two penalty on attack rolls and a minus four penalty to dexterity. And then they have to save or be glued to the floor and unable to move, right? But those penalties apply before the save happens, I uh, <clears throat> which I think is actually, like, pretty good. Yeah, that's fair. The yeah. other thing you can do is there is uh, there are a couple of... Um, there are a couple of items that allow you to, like join together uh different alchemical items the reason I, the only reason i know this is because mark played uh, an inquisitor where he did this thing um and so he made tangle fire bags which were tanglefoot bags plus alchemist fire so they do a whole bunch of damage and then they root you inside of the fire um so that kind of stuff right like if you go deep into into alchemy you can get I you can see. get pretty you can get pretty uh pretty powerful stuff yeah, no, it makes sense. But I, I think the... Oh, by the way, the, the other half of this is even on a successful sa save, it can only move at half speed. Okay. So it's it's just like a... It's like a... It's a powerful CC measure um, that the saves, you know, don't don't entirely negate. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, I, I've, I think that the bigger part of this, though, um, other than the craft alchemy, is, are the extracts, which are, which are the other kind of half of... Of this class feature, which are essentially six levels of spell casting, um, and uh, you know, and give it. Uh, so I'm I'm playing uh, on on Beauregard. Beauregard gets access to the same spell list. I think has the same uh, extraction progression, um, as as uh, as as uh, Alchemist does. Um, so I I can talk a little bit to that. Um, I think it's thematically really great. They're all kind of things that. Um, they're, they're all kind of like the, the flavor is that you, you mix up these potions and then you drink them. Um, the flavor of them is, is, is always kind of, of the, like, you know, this is a thing that you, they're all self buff spells for the, uh, or like things that kind of fit in that theme. Like there's a couple that are like, 
uh, drink this and then breathe a, a gout of flame, like it's called like fire belly or something. But they're all kind of really well themed, and I think that and and they really kind of um, encourage you to play the class in a certain way. Like you're definitely not playing this as a uh, as like a blaster. Um, like well, it might have a couple of blast uh, blast uh, extracts. Most of them are m most of these are going to be like enhancing your your abilities. Um, and I, I, I think the, 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 the spell list is relatively well curated. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I love this spell list. I love the way that extracts work. I think it's a very cool, um, very, uh, interesting, uh, structure for spells. And I like breaking spells away a little bit from the more, the more like magical, um, like, the more magical focus of it, right? You and I have talked in the past about a kind of poisoner class that makes, you know, that does touch attacks uh, with, um, with like, the you know, like, but, like, the you know, it's inflict moderate wounds, but this is infliction, poison, whatever it is sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I think that kind of stuff uh, is a pretty natural, is a pretty natural outgrowth of this principle in action, right? That you can be a little bit looser, a little bit freer with the spell list, uh, in order to get some shit done. Yeah. Um. Six levels also feels very appropriate to me. I, I think if it was more than six levels, I would get a little bit like, huh? Yeah. You know? Like I, I could see like a place for it. Maybe as like, as like archetypes really screw with things that much, but I could, I could see some, I, I, I could see a, a, a class that's nine levels of alchemy, but I think that's going to overlap too much with, with anything else. So I, I well, think it also feels like right. what would you get? I mean, you know, your ninth level, there's just like, are not a ton of like seven, eight, nine level spells that are like the kind of self personal buffs that um, the alchemist spell list is full of. I feel like uh, you get like I the higher be level wrong. beast shapes, transformations. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah. There, uh, Shape you could also, you could also like flavor some of them, right? Like, I, I'm just, you know, like you drink a potion of time stop and it uh, accelerates your, 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 uh, metabolism so fast that, that you're, that you're moving f so much faster than everybody else that it feels like time has stopped or something like that. Oh, that like would that. be cool. Well, I, d I wonder what the flavor of that, you know, like, can you inject that kind of flavor into the spell? But yeah, like, yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, I, th I think that those types of things are also kind of like not out of reach of the alchemist, right? Like getting themselves like uh some sort of like a scroll or something that can do that and like check hitting the, the use magic device and just fla like flavoring that way you know I, I don't think that that's necessarily out of reach but i, I think six levels is appropriate yeah me um, too i like six level spellcasters a lot i think that they are uh i think that that's just like generally speaking like a good solid uh yeah it reaches this point where, like, so, so it's just kind of in a general sense. The six level spellcasters tend to be classes that um, have some cool special things to do um, throughout the day, but also have, like, on a normal turn, have, like, a, a fairly interesting regular thing to do. Uh, in, in this case, uh, as, as, as a segue, you have the bombs uh, for the alchemist. Um, the bombs uh, is, is the next class feature, um, and they can make. Number of day equal to the class level plus your intelligence modifier. So, not a ton in the beginning. I've always felt that the that it always felt kind of low in the beginning. Um, although I, I guess you can, I, I bet you there's like an extra bombs discovery or something if if you want. I I thought it was. I actually didn't realize that there was. Uh, 
that there was a limit for the longest time i thought that the uh that you could just use them whenever you when it, like you could you could just lose use them as much as you want right uh but the number of bombs i mean it scales pretty it, it scales up pretty yeah. quick because uh it's equal to class level it's not even like half class level or something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that like it's just your class level so yeah you know at level like you know one or two uh you kind of have to use your bombs sparingly but once you kind of get into like the six seven eight nine range you can basically use bombs every round and be fine yeah and they also um they also like they increase in damage as well. So, you're 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 also gaining that throughout the, the, uh, your levels, which which is pretty good. Yeah. Um. um they can be treated. They, they are treated as effectively as weapons. Um, they can. Uh, they they can you can get weapon focus in them. Uh, you can apply point like shot to them. Um. I guess that they're thrown as, uh, I guess, with decks, right? That would make sense. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, if there's a there's a sidebar FAQ, um, uh, do do do, uh, uh, you can use like rapid shot, two weapon fighting, and uh, stuff with them as well. I guess if you wanted to double chuck, uh. Double double chuck potions, which is or double chuck bombs rather, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that to me that seems uh, uh, that that seems like it might be a build that comes out. You know what I mean? Like maybe I could see um, uh, maybe I could see that happen. But that feels to me like you would just deplete all of your bombs super quickly. You know what I mean? Like if you're if you're kind of rapid shotting bombs. Yeah, well, you know, maybe if it's like. You know, maybe your your shtick is is you just kind of like bide your time until you hit the big boss, and then you just like whirl everything at him as fast as possible. Uh, I I could see somebody playing something. Wait, like actually, that. can you do that? Because it says throwing a bomb requires a standard action, but it's just one. Uh, do, 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 like it, like does it say that you can make a full attack action with bombs somewhere? Uh, oh, fast bombs. Oh, oh it's okay. a discovery. It's a discovery. Gotcha. There we go. Um, discoveries are, are, are a big thing. That they start at level two. By um, the way, fucking dude, if you think about it, that discovery is insane. The kind of DPS that you would be putting out because like the bombs are the, like are built to be kind of like one one shot pop. So they like the damage scale is pretty high, um, and they get all of these kind of like crazy effects and everything like that. But um, holy shit, though. You know, doing uh, you know, however many d six over the course of over the course of a full attack is actually kind of nuts. Uh, yeah. Um, it's also it's not like I don't think it's crazy crazy, right? Like it's at fifth level, it's three d six. Compare that to a fireball, which is going to be five d six. Um, plus intelligence. Well, I guess it's pretty. It is pretty high, but I don't think it's it's crazy crazy. I don't think it's crazy crazy either, right? I definitely. The other thing is that there's not a lot of flat mods for it. You know what I mean? It's mostly just it's mostly just d6 rolls. Um, so by the time you get to level twelve or whatever, and it's uh, um, you know, it's six d6. Yeah, that's a higher base, you know, dice than than your fighter, but your fighter's power attacking for plus, you know, a bazillion. Yeah. I, although um, I guess you you could theoretically. Um, could, could, could you, uh, deadly aim a bomb? 
I guess you must be able to. Yeah. I mean, if you can use it for if you can use it for shit like point blank shot and weapon focus. Yeah. I would deadly aim the fuck out of a bomb. Are you kidding? Wow, that would yeah. It's really funny because it's like, you know, you're 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 being, uh, 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 uh what's it called? Like, uh, you're you're kind of like aiming very specifically with a splash weapon, which is funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I guess you could also sneak attack with a bomb. Uh, surprise! Bomb to the kidneys. Um, uh, but yeah. Uh, uh, that's uh, yeah. I mean, I, so and so. I the bombs are probably my favorite class feature, and I like bombs a lot, uh, mostly because of what comes along when you start applying cool discoveries to them. Yeah, and you get kind of right, like oh, poison bombs or fire bombs, or you know, just all of the different types of uh, um, of, of effects that your bombs can then adopt. That is where that is where the alchemist bomb becomes very very cool. I think. Yeah, no, absolutely makes sense. Um, uh, I think though we're we're going kind of slow. We we should probably pick up on Fair getting enough. to these features. Okay, uh, brew potion, oh, brew potion. Is straightforward. Mutagen, mutagen. This is the other big thing. This is the thing, kind of. Um, so you can brew up uh, essentially a buff drink that increases one of your uh, physical scores at the cost of one of your mental scores. The discoveries to do uh, mental scores at the cost of physical scores. And I think this is the other kind of main build line for alchemists is kind of big, like frontline bruisers that use mutagens to, to buff up a lot. Yeah. Um, uh, there's even kind of a, there, there's a prestige class kind of built around it called the master chemist. Uh, maybe we can go into that a little bit later, which is like your pure Jekyll and Hyde uh, level character. Um, uh, what else is there? Uh, is there to say about this? Um, uh, you know, it, it, it's kind of very, uh, very simple, but it, it lets you, it, it lets you kind of like switch it up, right? Like, I, I like, like I said, I, I think that this kind of leads lends itself to the, um, uh, to to the disparate feeling of the class, but like, you know, you go from lobbing bombs to you you, you crack you you crank one of these down and uh then you go and you beat people up see mike actually so i i do agree that you you know at a certain point you you could uh so the the way that that works right is that if it increases strength it penalizes your intelligence which obviously decreases your bombs a little bit um the penalty isn't huge though because you get you're getting a plus four on chemical bonus to one score and then a minus two to another one, so you're just losing one damage on your bomb. Yeah, yeah. So even so, when you pump your strength up, right, um, you're getting you're getting more bang for your buck essentially. Right, right. But right. the other thing that you can do is you can increase your dex and then you can increase your constitution, which don't harm your intelligence. They harm wisdom and they harm charisma. Or uh, yeah, charisma. Uh, kind of respectively and this is kind of where i feel like the the mutagens and the bombs are a little more synergistic than people like see i guess like the idea that you make yourself a little bit tankier right somebody's getting in on your shit and so you want to up your decks you want to up your cons so that you're you are um uh so that you're able to dodge their their shit you also get a plus two natural armor bonus just in general right so that you are more defensively able to handle somebody in melee but you can still be five foot stepping out to make bomb attacks sort of thing um i think that that see that to me works that to me works pretty well 
Um, and the fact that like mutagens are that kind of defensively minded uh, to an extent. Uh, yeah, the, the, yeah. The, only, the only thing I think that, that kind of bites into that is because they take an hour to prepare. Um, they're, they're kind of like you, you need to kind of you kind of have to be planning. Like essentially you have to have picked a path so that you're always ready with the kind of one you need. Um, but I, th I think it still works, right? Like, it's, I think there's a discovery to make them fast. Oh, shit, brew, you're but... right. Okay, I thought it was when you consumed it that you chose, but yeah, it's when you brew the mutagen, you select the ability score. Yeah. Um, it also sucks that it's a standard action to drink, by the way. Yeah, but I, I think that's kind of like a standard, like, buff spell. Yeah. Right? Like, that's essentially what it is. It doesn't feel that... It's like, it's like you know, like a bear, you know, bear's endurance or whatever, bear sh or bull strength. Uh, uh, so it, it doesn't feel that bad to me. Fair Plus enough. Um, but yeah. Um, anyway, continuing on. Throw anything. It's uh, throw anything. Hey. Um, which is neat, <laughs> but I don't think there's much to say about it. Yeah. Um, uh, discovery. There's a whole shitload of discoveries. They act like, there's a lot of classes like this that have like, uh, kind of a list of things that you can improve. And then they kind of, these kind of serve to specialize the alchemist um you know kind of looking at the list relatively quickly you can uh if you wanted to call it some there's a bunch of bomb ones that change bombs just ones that um kind of uh uh change the mutagens as well and there's some general use ones uh i really enjoy there there are a lot of there are a lot of mutagens in here or sorry there's not a lot of mutagens a lot of discoveries in here that are very cool and i really enjoy a lot of them um, I don't know that we, like, you can actually, it, with the right mutagens, you can turn yourself into a healer, um, because you can, uh, like, there's healing bomb, you create a bomb, you can choose to have it heal damage instead of dealing it, right? That you can healing touch, um, stuff like that, so you can get, you can get, uh, you can get pretty cool, pretty specific with what, with what you need by taking the right set of discoveries, um, there's a whole line of plague bombs that are my absolute favorite. I've I've always wanted to play a kind of disease plague bomb uh, uh, alchemist. Yeah. Oh, should I? I didn't even realize there's there's a uh, discovery that just straight up gives you wings. Yeah, I saw uh, that actually. <laughs> I'm sure it must be like when you mutagen or something. Uh, it's minutes wow, per day equal shit. to it's minutes Min yeah. equal to cluster level. Uh. You can take it multiple times to get more wings. Uh, that's 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 cool. Yeah. Um, and then you've got like you. I always love the ones that are like super like specialized. Like this is built with like a specific campaign in mind where it'll be very useful there, but like totally useless otherwise. Like underwater demolition. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Probably useful for maybe skull shackles. Probably not useful for like. Uh, I don't know, like. Rise of the Rune Lords. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's also Tentacle, which is something that pops up all the time in very min-maxi builds. Because oh, yeah. it's pretty easy to get, but gaining an extra limb is actually, like, really fucking useful. Um, so people will dip two into Alchemists to gain Tentacles to do, to do like, funky things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, oh, what, one one that I want to point out just because... I think it's rad is infusion, which lets you pass your extracts around, which is particularly cool in uh, in my mind because it lets you um, kind of pat like uh, 
it, it lets you give other players, um, uh, what's it called, uh, access to, um, to spells that you normally can't pass around, like True Strike is a personal spell, so you normally can't cast on somebody else, but you can pass right. it through a mutagen or a, a rather an extract to somebody else, which I think is really cool. That is actually pretty. Uh, that is actually pretty awesome. Um. Oh, also Eternal Potion, like that is one of my Eternal Potion. You cause a potion to become permanent. Uh, it's it's pretty deep in the uh, in the. Wow! Holy shit! Yeah. Um, and you need to take a bunch of you need to take a bunch of prerequisites for it, but I think it's, I think it's uh it's it's cool. Uh, we don't like things like that. Um. Wow, elixir of life! You can create an elixir that can cast true resurrection. There are a lot of really cool discoveries in here. Is yeah, the fuck, yeah, is the fucking point. Uh, but my favorite is the is the set of. Uh, I think it starts with smoke bomb, but it just goes up until you're like you're casting cloud kill with your bombs. Essentially, um, that is just super fun and super cool. Yeah, no, I think I think I think that's unless you have any others you wanted to. Nope. Uh, all right, then let's. Uh, Let's go on to the next one, which means I have to go back up here. Poison uh, resistance and poison use, pretty straightforward. I don't like poisons. Yeah. I think poisons are bad in Pathfinder. I'll just fucking say it. I, um, I agree. These get these get tossed away in a, in a lot of archetypes. Uh, archetypes, yeah. Except for the poison archetypes, which are almost universally bad. Um, but yeah, they're they're they are thematic, but poisons suck. Um, uh, moving on, Swift Alchemy. Uh, I think it's neat, um, but I also, like, if you want to do a poison build, do you take advantage of this? Um, this and Swift Poisoning at the 6th level? Wow, I didn't realize they got so many poison to build. This is probably, this is another part of why I think it's kind of uh, weirdly kind of uh disparate yeah i yeah. feel that i 100 percent feel that with all this poison stuff it makes sense to me definitely because like of who the alchemist is and like what the alchemist is and to a certain extent i think poisons synergize with what alchemists do um because poisons are not about a you know you use point you use when you attack somebody and hit them, you use your kind of dose of poisoning sort of thing. And so when your attacks are sporadic, like a, like an alchemist who kind of ends up in melee every once in a while, like poisoning makes more sense there than it does on like a rogue who is effectively auto-attacking every round. Um, but uh, it's still, yeah, it's still like weird and not very great, I feel like. Yeah. Because even yeah. at sixth level, right? Like you know, you're you know you're getting into um, you're going to be getting into full attacks a little bit later than that, and now and you can't and you can't apply doses of poison to uh, you can't break a full attack up with a swift action, right? Um, and you can't apply two doses of poison back to back. If that makes sense, you would yeah, have to, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you would have to kind of like, so even that like swift action doesn't really like work out if you're doing a lot of like prolonged attacking with a poison build with an alchemist. Yeah. Unless you have a way to get it down to free, it's not, it's not going to give that to you. And most, most point, most poisons are kind of like, there are very few kind of like increased damage type poisons, right? They're, they're mostly kind of like, most poisons are kind of slow acting, which is, Less, less cool. I think 
the new poison rules that were featured, I think, in the Unchained um, book are, uh, are are a little bit better about it. But um, I, I don't know. We, we've talked about this before. I, I think that you know, po- poisons in general just aren't great. Um, and so I think we should move on. Uh, uh, we, we do a big jump because from level six to eight, it's all just kind of discoveries and uh, bomb increases and poison resistance increases. Um, at level 10, you get poison immunity, which is uh, nice, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't turn that down, but yeah, it's it's also one of those things that like I don't know. If it's one of those things that you you, you don't. It's one of those things that's like, it's kind of like, like Woodland Stride, right? It's nice when you have it, but you never, you almost never consciously choose it unless you're like going for, like, unless you're doing it for thematic reasons. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. Um, and so the next thing on the list is persistent mutagen. Mutagens last for an hour per level. Makes it just so kind of like. You know, the, uh, when you get it, it lasts. Your mutagens last for fourteen hours, which means you can effectively take it at the start of the day and use it all day. Yeah, um, if you want to, which I think is cool. Uh, but you know, it, it's it's kind of, I think, appropriate at that point. Um, uh, instant alchemy at level eighteen, um, which I think, uh, uh, which I think is neat. The but it's 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 a little bit too late, I think, for it to be like super useful um like i i like at 18th level i i can't think of a situation where i'd be creating an alchemical item for anything that i need like right right now um and the poison as the immediate action oh boy that's that's great you can poison on attacks of opportunity i guess a point yeah. that most yeah, that is a little bit weird because you can't take an immediate action during your turn. Yeah. So and these you, and it's you, used swift. Yeah, and it, and it uses your swift up next turn, so you can't even use it to do what I was saying before, which is poison your weapon in between full attacks. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah, it's there, I guess. And then the last, the capstone, which, as we've said before. Um, no one ever gets, but they're fun to think about. Uh, uh, you get two normal discoveries and then you get a grand discovery. Yay. Yeah. The grand discoveries are actually kind of neat. Uh, you get, you can get a poison touch attack. Um, true mutagen is one of them. Uh, stop aging. You gain fast healing five, um, awakened two points of intelligence. You two points of intelligence. Yeah. That one's uh, a little weird. Um, there's one in here that says change alignment greater, which is weird. Uh, it's uh, it's there's a change of line. Oh my god! Uh, it's an infusion. Yeah, you can force someone to change alignment. What? Yeah, that, that sounds that sounds like a great way to kind of like get your GM really mad at you. It's like, and then the evil ruler. He's not evil. I stabbed him. And now he's a good guy. That is amazing. This is the greatest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. Holy I'm shit. I'm surprised you don't hate it. Like, I feel like if anybody, I feel like if anybody in your game, like, what would you do if, like, you know, 
One of us was an, uh, was an alchemist and tried to stab Barzillai through with a permanent change alignment. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> See, the thing is, is, it comes at level 20. That's so, fair. like, if, if the game ended with, like, Alaric, like, dosing... Barzillai Thrun and him having this huge epiphany to realize how awful and evil he's been this entire time. That's actually really compelling to me. I think that's cool. Uh, or imagine Beauregard shooting one of his hollow crossbow Yeah, bolts. oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> like, as the battle's raging, it hits him in the neck. He's like, wait, no, everybody stop. <laughs> yeah, that is that is very cool. I think this is a very cool, there's so, a very cool tribute to Jim. <laughs> so I think it'd be very cool. Or I'm sorry, True Discovery. I think it'd be very cool once. I think later than that, you get into kind of like, you know, like when oh, you be. Okay, yeah, I feel that. Um, but again, it's also level 20. How many things are you fighting at level 20 anyway? Um, I feel like this might be a thing where if you were playing like some sort of epic level game with level 20 characters, you might not want it, but I think it's kind of like a campaign ending thing. It, it, it can work. Does that sound fair? Yeah. I definitely think it's a campaign ending thing. Would you 100%? Uh, and that's why it is, uh, that's why it is so kind of cool and weird. Um, it is not, it's not in like the base source book. It only comes in later. Um, you'd also craft the philosopher's stone. Which I'm a fan of. I think that's uh, I think that's pretty great and odd message when it comes to class fantasy. Uh yeah, uh yeah. Uh, makes makes sense to me. I I think these are all pretty decent. I think actually, like as far as the capstones, uh, exist. This one's a little bit more flavorful and a little bit less kind of like broken weirdness that most of them are they're yeah, like I, yeah yeah definitely. do all the damage forever yeah, yeah. <laughs> all of your crits automatically confirm and do double triple double damage yeah yeah um but i that's that's all of the the class features um i'm sitting down at the bottom of this page there's a spontaneous alchemy rule thing which um i've literally never read this um i think it's also open to any character so i'm not super sure why it's just here um but so it actually it, looks kind of cool now that I'm now that I'm digging in a little bit. Yeah, uh, I like the idea that you you have these different processes. Um, yeah, this is from one of the uh, one of one of the splat books. I remember reading about this. What uh, splat book? Uh, Alchemy manual. Uh, but then, I guess we're, do, do you want to hit archetypes? Yeah, well, the first thing I do, I do want to hit is the prestige class, which is Master Chemist. Um, well, not technically required by, to be an alchemist to get into it. The, the requirements are ability to create third level extracts, mutagen class feature with feral or infused mutagen discovery, um, and then everything, like, gives you alchemist levels and extra bombs. Um, I actually think this is kind of a, a, a missed opportunity. Um, like, the, it gives them bomb throw, which lets Master Chemist stack. Um, I would have just gotten rid of it. Um, but I do think it, it, it's a pretty neat, uh, a, a pretty neat cl class. It's basically Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Um... I don't know if uh, 
excuse me, I don't know if uh, we we if uh, if you if this needed to be a prestige class, I think it probably would have been better as a uh, as as an archetype of sorts. Um, right. But I I think it's very I think it's a very cool kind of uh, a fantasy. That's all I kind of wanted to say about that. Just because very rarely do you have a uh, prestige class that is so directly an extension of of a single class. Especially yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel that. Um. So there's a whole bunch of the Alch- the alchemist has actually been around for a long time. I think it, it was like I ultimate magic or something. Yeah, I think it's it's one of the oldest non core class base classes. Yeah, and so uh, what I love about the alchemist is that it's got like a million. It's got like a million archetypes, and some of them are just weird. My the first one I want to talk about is the clone master who he does a little bit less damage with his bombs thrown um and he loses some of the poison immunity kind of stuff like that um but he gets he automatically gets like lesser simulacrum or simulacrum uh and then regular simulacrum and then clone on his on his spell list and then at eighth level he gets an ability called rebirth where it's a clone master can prepare a clone of himself that awakens if he is slain it costs it costs five thousand gp takes a week of work Requires three additional weeks for the clone to grow to maturity, and then if he dies, the clone awakens as if the alchemist alchemist had cloned him had used the clone spell on himself, essentially. Yeah. This, um, this sounds like an NPC uh, archetype. I, I feel like this is a very weird thing for like like well at least the rebirth ability. Um, I, I think it's I think but I do think it's cool and flavorful. I think it is super cool and super flavorful. I don't know that I agree. I mean, I guess I agree that it's it's an NPC ability, but I like the idea of I'm a PC and I know that I prepared my own rebirth and so I'm willing to do dumb crazy shit because I'm I'm just going to wake up in yeah. my clone. You know what I mean? You you're spending 5000 GP to do this dumb crazy shit like, you know, don't get me wrong sort of thing but the idea you know like the idea in my head is something along the lines of like okay i'm a clone master alchemist um and we're t- we're talking about ways that we're going to assassinate the king and he's like well why don't i just you know why don't i just like suicide bomb the palace right you know what i mean like you could just do crazy shit like that and i think that's super i think that's super neat <laughs> yeah no no you're absolutely right w- once every three weeks you can yeah uh, which I, which I think is actually a pretty good limit on the ability. Yeah, me too. Uh, I, think, I also I think like that. I also like that you kind of have to have a spot for it. You know what I mean? Like you have to yeah. have like your layer. Um, yeah, <laughs> you leave it out in the middle of the woods. Come back and like there's a bite. Uh, you know, like you come you come back to like there's like, a chunk taken out of your arm, or you you wake up in in the mouth of like a bear. God, what uh, a great way to fucking troll somebody who's like abusing this ability yeah, yeah you know right. what i mean like if you're a gm oh man uh but yeah there are also some some weird ones like uh blazing torchbearer who, who really likes torches this uh, is the what this is probably one of the weirdest it just doesn't like where did that who came up with this did they just need to like fill slots in like a source book, I feel like this is like I don't know. I feel like somebody had like an idea is like what what about a guy who uses a torch as a weapon? And they're like oh, I could fit that into the alchemist. Uh, 
It's so weird. What is weird to me is the way some of these things are written, right? Like any torch held by a blazing torch bearer is considered an ever-burning torch. Um, and it's just like, how you just you hand him the torch, all now it's ever burning. Then he hands it back to you. Now it's not. You know what I mean? Like they don't even like flavor that up a little bit. Like oh, you know, an alchemical, you know, like he has yeah, an alchemical yeah. thing and or whatever that he sprinkles on it to turn it into an ever you know an ever burning torch. But it only works in his in his hands. Whatever it is, you know what I mean? That kind of thing. Um, so intense I, I, light is kind of the same thing. Like, a blazing torchbearer has mastered lighting and holding a torch to the point that it sheds more light than those carried by his peers. What the fuck? Yeah. How, can, how does that work? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, it's, he, he's like a gaffer, I guess. Like, ask, ask Warren how it I works. I should, uh, yeah. A friend of the, friend of the cast. <laughs> um, uh, so, so, I don't know why, but the first thing I thought about when I saw this was taking the juggler bardock type as a multi-class and just juggling these like super bright ever burning torches like forever it's like it's like it's like a, a, a very obnoxious kind of one-off it's character. very it's a very low level thing too you only go up to level four and at level four you get explosive torch where and i like this one this has what i'm kind of talking about in fact it was when i read this that it occurred to me how weird the other two are worded yeah. That they don't have something like this, right? A blazing torch bear can drop a special blend of explosive powders onto his torch before using it as a weapon. And then the next melee attack deals an additional 2d6 points of fire damage and sets the target on fire. That's actually really cool. That's actually really awesome. I like that a lot. Um, I'm uh, just, I just find it a little strange that they didn't put anything like that for intense light and ever-burning flame, which just doesn't make like any sense at all. I'm also kind of sad that it's melee attack because I would love to like... Use this as, like, a throne thing. Oh, my God, right? That uh, would be awesome. Um, and I, I, like, I don't know why, but I don't know why, like, Paizo feels like they need to give draw. Like, this is this, this ability is is fun, but isn't that great? But it's got, it's got, like, a backfire chance, right? Like, you know, like, if you don't use it soon enough, then it'll explode. Yeah. Like, why? Um, and, like, like, technically, as written... If, uh, like, you could throw the torch away and it would still explode and light you on fire. Because <laughs> you have to be holding the torch um, for, for it to explode. So you have to find someone to, swack, to whack with this torch. Um, I, I, this is the type of thing you find in splat books, though, which are these yeah. kind of, like, you know, fun, but, like, maybe not the most thought out uh, 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 archetypes. As opposed to something like the mind chemist, which is literally just like, um, you like cognitogens to the mutagens, get all of that. And, uh, you get like knowledge bonuses to knowledge checks, um, and potential bonus feats and languages, which is kind of like very simple, very nice. Most, most of the stuff is, is optional anyway. It gets rid of some poison use stuff, um. You know, I, I think I think it's kind of like if you want to be an alchemist, but you don't want to be but you, but you want to be like a brainiac, you, you take mind chemist. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, it's it's cool. It's. I don't know what else to say about it. It's cool. I, do, I don't have a super great set of like uh, uh, I don't have like a super great set of like things I would do with an archetype like this. 
in in terms of being a PC. So that lends me to think it's a it's an NPC archetype to a certain extent. Like the guy, you know, has kind of like the pulsing brain of like you know, like the big the big expanded brain of like aliens or like. You know, uh, I'm thinking of the master from Hulk comics, right? That makes some sense to me, but yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, what what was my other one that I wanted to bring up? Um, I, I the the gr the grenadier. Um, oh yeah, it's, 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 it's super it's super standard, but they do get a cool ability, which is called directed blast. Where you they can throw their bomb and then detonate it away so that it splashes in a twenty foot cone rather than affecting a radius, which I love. Um, this is a bit like you know it reminds me of uh, uh, like Greymane in Heroes of the yeah, Storm yeah. has an ability where he throws a flask and it like you know shatters in a cone. I think that makes a lot of sense and that's very cool. Um, and if you're gonna be a bomb, you know, like if you are a bombs alchemist, this is like the fucking bees knees right you get rid of brew potion all of your poison shit and it just makes you fun and you are just fundamentally like a better bomb thrower right you get precise bombs um as a bonus discovery this directed blast which allows you to really like tailor your blast so that you don't risk like you know like fucking with people um the at 10th level you get staggering blast which is the bombs um uh when they score a critical hit they are the creature is staggered um and then they have to like roll a fortitude save to like not be staggered or whatever um i it's just it is it is it is what you take if you are looking to make a bombs alchemist you take the grenadier honestly i think i think one of the cool features of class is martial weapon proficiency you get free proficiency with the martial weapon this is very clearly kind of like the you know uh, as obvious as it sounds is the grenadier uh class what is the difference between there's there's two of them listed there's the field guide and the uh yeah i don't the know monster codex the I, I have no idea what the difference is between them uh it seems it, like they're the same but i have i didn't do a very close reading i suppose yeah they, they seem to have different fonts is is the biggest thing that i can tell <laughs> um uh there's also reanimator which is uh it really fucks your bombs. Your bombs deal um, one dice damage lower than normal. Um, and then you skip a few increases to your bomb damage. Um, but you get the ability to raise dead, like lesser animate dead, and then create undead and stuff uh, as extracts. Which is honestly pretty awesome. And I can see myself play something along those lines. I've always wanted to play like a very true necromancer kind of character in Pathfinder, and I don't think Pathfinder supports that class fantasy very, very well. Um, but this is an okay, you know, this is an okay version of it. Um, yeah. Uh, the one I wanted, to, the other one I want to point out is the uh, the preservationist, which is the Pokemon Master archetype. Oh my god! Uh, no way. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. Remember this. Uh, essentially, you get you get summon nature's ally as uh, as a bonus extract, and it goes in detail in the first one to tell you exactly what you do. Instead of preparing an extract that you drink, you you prefer you preserve a tiny version, and then you uh, open the bottle, and then it grows to its normal size. Then you have it as as your Pokemon. Um, I think that there's there's also like a, a a discovery that does that too, which is like bottled ooze, I believe. Uh, yeah, I think, there's a couple I, of those, by the yeah. way. This, this is another one of these kind of, like, hokey-type archetypes that, like, you know, it works fine because, you know, it's a fairly standard spell, but it's like, haha, 
I let's let's play Pokemans with our. I have uh, a f- you see, summon nature's ally, and and to a certain certain extent, um, summon uh, what you know, whatever it is, summon monster. Uh, the the different summon spells, they actually all feel incredibly powerful to me. I've never had a good sense for how to handle. Um, yeah, I I think I think they are generally pretty powerful. Um, I don't. Like they like they're always kind of like at the top of the lists of like spells you should take because they're great, um, but I also feel like I've never been in a situation where it's been so much of a problem. Like I, I've never had a player like a super abuse it. Um, I don't. I also think the way to deal with that is if if you think it's going to be a problem is, um, essentially you have the play like. I think a lot, a lot of the kind of like the wiggle room rather is with how you, you control those things. Like um, if you let the player have complete control and they're a total kind of whore about it, um, then you might run into some problems. But if you kind of use the method where it's like you give the vague instructions and the GM's in charge of like actually implementing that, you can curtail a lot of that. Yeah, that's uh, definitely fair. I see. I feel like with the preservationist, I want to be in control of my my guys. Yeah, a little bit. Um, but I do think it makes a lot of sense. I it's always felt that way that like to me for um you know for druids who can kind of sub in summon nature's ally for like any spell slots or whatever. Like it makes sense to me that when a druid uses summon nature ally, that they can like direct the the creature pretty well, right? They're a druid. They should be able to do that sort of thing. But, like, with, like, a cleric or whatever who uses, like, summon extra planar ally, like, I don't know, maybe... I, to me, that's a little bit more... Um, uh, to me, that's, like, a little bit more GM, GM control-friendly, I guess. Yeah. I, I think the... Like, I think with most, like, animals, it's mostly just, like, he moves over here and he attacks, and that's usually not a problem. I think when you start getting into, like, either, like, the crazier animals... Or like the you know like the extra planar allies is like well I'm going to have him use his spell casting to cast uh, you know animate oh, dead on the three yeah yeah, yeah. That, that makes yeah that that's where you kind of get into the touchy territory and you get into the the, the crazy freaking uh, 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 what's the word optimi- optimization territory um, but I, I feel I feel like we could do a whole podcast on how to handle uh how to how to handle extra characters whether it's through one of these things are through leadership or through, uh, uh, you know, any other way that you get like, a like extra bodies on the field. Cause, um, like in, in kind of general sense, like adding more actions to the act, like the, the heart, the hardest mechanic to beat in the game is action economy. Um, which is why, uh, a lot of like single bosses while very iconic kind of end up falling flat. I feel like, I feel like council bosses feel a lot better in D and D than, uh, than single big bosses. Ooh, interesting. How do I feel about council bosses? See, yeah, I, I agree. I think by, um, I mean, we've talked about boss design a whole bunch, uh, but I think by uh, by raw, bosses, single bosses in D&D suck. Um, but there are a lot of different ways that you can make shit work for your bosses. I've, I actually, I mean, we've done a bunch of, we've done a, not a bunch, but a couple of those kind of like single boss fights um that are kind of like very like wow inspired um but i've liked all of those boss fights so far to me it's just about hp to be honest with you like you just have to give these bosses ridiculously high hp totals so that like yeah the g the 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 players are like you know the players are like killing it but he's doing so much ambient aoe damage 
Um, and yeah. he's got such a high, he's got such high hit points that he's that that those those alone make him make him a threat. Yeah, I, I think you need to do a little bit more kind of fiddling around with it because I like my kind of standard um, uh, thing for for making bosses harder when I'm kind of trying to adapt them relatively quickly has been just give them a ton of hit points and usually that just like it always ends up that the back half of combat is like just kind of waiting to burn through hit points so i i, I think that i think i think it's, yeah i i i do a thing well i give them i tend to give them a lot of hit points and then i give them like uh either a lot of aoe damage like the one shadow dragon you guys yeah, fought yeah. Right, like as he got lower and lower, that pulsing AOE that he was doing was, you know, at first it was just people in melee, then it was people within 30 yards, and then it was just anybody inside of the building was going to be hit with that pulsing AOE kind of thing. And I, that kind of adds a, t that kind of adds like a clock, right? You know, yeah, now yeah. it's a DPS race sort of a thing. Um, I also do, I also add uh, like really powerful single target abilities sometimes where he just like looks at one person and fucks them. Uh, this is the Savager Demon kind of approach where the Savager Demon hits you for like, you know, 12d6 as he does that blood draining ability. Um, that's the, you know, like this is the kind of thing where it's just like, holy shit, right? Like if he gets off, you know, two casts of that in a row on a single person, they're dead kind yeah. of thing. Um, and so that to me is how uh, I guess you can kind of within the rules without without doing mark level changes to like adding extra actions in the economy uh, sort of thing. Um uh, make bosses make bosses threatening in that way. Yeah. I but otherwise, know. I guess that's that's our take on the alchemist. I recommend yeah. the alchemist for a lot of people. I think the alchemist is an easy class to get into, and I think it's a lot of fun and very cool. Um, it's it's a class that you walk into and you immediately understand the the focus, the fantasy uh, of all of it, and that is a really powerful tool i guess right i think that's a little bit of the reason why people kind of naturally um you know you'll see a lot of new players naturally gravitate to something like the barbarian over something like the fighter right because the fighter is a little more blasé um and doesn't carry with it the same strong like connotation that the barbarian does yeah um also kind of it requires like in, in general also requires like like the like the the alchemist levels of things you have to choose from, while varied, are like less than like you know he's got relatively restricted, um, uh, what, what's the word uh, spell list? He's got a relatively restricted level. Like the discoveries list isn't super huge. Um, they're all like it's all there, and that you've got plenty of opportunity to to look at all of it. But you don't have to worry about like, you know, the fighter. You get a feat every level. How many feats are there? About seven thousand, like yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it's. I, I think it, I think it's kind of powerful from that from that aspect as well. Um, but uh, I think that's about it for the alchemist. Unless you wanted to point out anything else in particular, it also has like six, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different racial archetypes, um, which I think is pretty cool. Um, I, I'm not a fan of racial archetypes in kind of like the the broader sense, just because I, I you know I I don't think that like any of the archetypes ever need to be restricted to the race. But I like them as kind of like a kind of like a suggestion, right? Like if you were a goblin, you might want to be a fire bomber type of deal. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. 
that's that's the alchemist. Um, and I guess it's on to our weeks. How was your week, buddy? Shit, well, my week was fine. My week was good. Uh, what did I do since we last recorded? I guess I just played a lot of Mass Effect. I guess. And some um, WoW, I assume. Yeah, and so and some WoW. I've been playing a little bit of WoW, but not a ton of WoW because uh, I've mostly been absorbed in mass oh you know what i actually played that i wanted to talk about the other day i played like eight hours of uh game dev tycoon oh did i talk about this on the podcast yet i don't think so no okay yeah so i'm gonna be honest with you i was playing this during uh during the final session of rune lords because i was really bored uh and i could load up the steam game in offline mode and be just like a really bad but like those turns are taking so fucking long yeah i was playing game dev tycoon and i love that game i played it i remember when i first got it i got it like with like a humble bundle sale for like two bucks sort of thing and i was like eh, you know whatever right like maybe maybe this is cool maybe this is not cool um sort of thing but um i then uh uh, I then I, I opened it back up and they've done some cool the first time I played it was actually before the Microsoft one and or the Xbox one and the uh, PS4 were announced so they actually updated the end state of the game to go for the next couple of you know to go like to go forward a couple of years right um, and uh, and that's actually like that's just a really cool kind of uh, kind of concept. As I've learned more about video games, uh, like like you know like the history of video games, little tongue in cheek things that that will kind of come out uh, is are uh, are are uh, are really neat to see. Um, like you know talking about how Nintendo and Sony were supposed to be paired for this thing, and then like the next day Nintendo dropped out. And that was the birth of the the PlayStation sort of thing. I just think that you know, I think that kind of uh, I I don't know. I just think it's I think it's super awesome. I just think it's super cool. Yeah. Well, if uh, have you ever played that game? No. I, oh I, my god, it's a lot of fun. You should. Uh, maybe, maybe I will. I don't know. I don't, I don't like these kind of like X simulator type games. Like there's like like YouTube simulator or whatever. I I, I, I haven't yeah I haven't done them. YouTuber simulator though. I hear it's really really funny because. Uh, it's like just ridiculously doesn't make any it doesn't make any sense like real youtubers like there was a, I, you know i like i follow a couple of youtubers and one of them was um was streaming it and he was just like looking at these numbers he's like yeah fuck it i wish i got thirty thousand dollars from this video yeah. like, you know what i mean like yeah yeah no i i, I hear you um yeah I, i'm just not i'm just not into these kind of like I don't know. I, I guess I'm not into like most of them, right? Like I'm not even into like Euro Truck Simulator or Farm Simulator. Yeah, I haven't been. I I haven't gone into been into any of uh, any of those. I guess, um, but you know, I guess maybe I could be sort of. Um, the uh, the other thing the other thing about YouTube Simulator or not YouTube Simulator uh, game you know game dev simulator game dev simulator is uh is that it's a it's you know it's pretty it's pretty upbeat but it's also pretty reductive you know what i mean like it's a, it's a cool way to teach someone who has no idea what game dev looks like you know you 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 know it's in the ballpark but it is nowhere near what it actually looks like you know what i mean because so much of it is a simulation and, and kind of an abstraction um so 
but yeah, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, that's fair. What have uh, What have you been doing? What have you been playing? Uh, not like uh, not much. I've been I played a few more games of Hearthstone. Um, I got the the Hunter Quest Legendary. I crafted it on a whim, which is uh, summon a number of one cost creatures, and then you get. Uh, it's like, she's like queen of the swamp or something. It's a dinosaur. She costs five, but she puts 15, one cost. I want to say they're like one cost and they're three twos and their text is draw another card. So, oh shit. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's, it was, it's been neat <coughs> fooling around with that. I haven't really pushed to get like super high in the rankings or anything. Um, I also kind of on a whim built a vaguely, looking Murloc Paladin deck to finish some quests. Um, I'm still having the most fun with my, my completely random Warlock deck, but that, that's about it. Right. Um, otherwise I play a little bit more enter the gungeon, which is all kind of like a staple at this point. Um, always good for kind of a fun few hours of dicking around. Uh, otherwise I've been, I've just haven't had a lot of time to play. So I've, I've been unfortunately, uh, low on that uh, life and whatever has gotten in the way. It was uh, it was Easter this weekend. I had some excellent uh, homemade food, like homemade pierogies, um, and so that that was the kind of the highlight of my week. Uh, what about you? Did you do anything for Easter, buddy? <laughs> Shit, no, I didn't. I've been resetting my schedule because I'm uh, I'm moving to the graveyard shift, so I was just like staying up really late trying to like. Like, really, really hard trying to stay up. Oh, shit, you know what I did? Have I talked about Kong Skull Island on the podcast? You did. You said it okay, was Okay, good. I went and saw Kong Skull Island again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we went to go hang out with Warren, and he just, like, lives near a bunch of movie theaters, and we were just like, well, oh, fucking let's go see a movie, and... Nothing, like, nothing really, like, good or interesting was kind of playing, but, like, we had gushed about uh, Kong Skull Island to him so much that he was just like, well, let's go see Kong's Garden. So we fucking watch that again, which I was all about. Uh, I've heard, um, I've heard the, the anime movie, your name is supposed to be really good. I want to go check that out at some point. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm super, I'm super into, um, uh, I'm super into May. There's a whole bunch of stuff coming out in May that I want to see. Guardians of the Galaxy 2, right? Uh, um, um, five post-credit scenes. In yeah, of the yeah, right. Two. Yeah, they know. Tell me about it, right? Um, uh, the fucking the King Arthur movie that I think is gonna be awful, but like in the best. Oh, way that's possible. right. I completely forgot about that. Every time I see a trailer for that, I'm just like, how am I not watching this movie? I have to watch this movie. It looks so dumb, but so great, right? Like, there's this one part where they show elephants with like legit pyramids on their backs, and I'm just like, this makes no sense. <laughs> but I, I, I don't care. Yeah, no, now that you've reminded me, I, I want to see it now. Um, and then, uh, uh, there's, and then, you know, there's more. There's just, like, a whole bunch of movies coming. And then even in June, right, June has Spider-Man Homecoming, uh, Wonder Woman, uh, which I am obviously super, super pumped for, like, you know, for those. Um, there's, like, a, there's an art house adventure movie that I want to see really bad called The Lost City of Z, uh, that is playing in limited release in Los Angeles. I don't know, man, there's, like, a million fucking movies. Is there anything? Oh shit! What I was gonna mention something else, but fuck, I can't remember what it was. 
Oh, okay. Uh, so in game news today. Uh, oh wait, 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 the... wait, 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 wait! One more movie, real quick. Okay. Are you excited to see Baywatch? Oh yeah, I actually am excited to <laughs> yeah. see Baywatch. I, I saw the trailer just because it looks so stupid. It looks so stupid, and it, and you know, it is The Rock. I really enjoy The Rock, and, yeah. uh... <laughs> and Zac Efron. Zac Efron. Oh my god, that trailer looks so dumb, but just so funny. Yeah. I like how I like how much they're leaning into it. Like like Baywatch, the show was like you know like it was bad and everything, but like. And, and what people say about it was true, but, it, like, it took itself seriously. And so this is a very this is a very interesting thing for me because it's, like, the first version of, um, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, like, the first version of one of these remakes where the whole point seems to be to take the piss out of the remake. Or take yeah, the piss yeah, out of yeah. the original, which I think is, like, super cool and I'm pretty into. I agree. I, I'm super. I I, I want to see this movie just because it, it looks it looks like I want to see it for kind of the same reason that I like you know, the same thing that's making me be like, should I do a lore dive on Fast and the Furious? Like it's, it's that same kind of draw. It's like this this might be so bad it's good. Uh yeah I yeah yeah I feel that it is it is uh it's funny to me because um. Uh, the, every time I see the Fast and the Furious stuff, every time I see the Fast and the Furious stuff, I like can't help but <laughs> I can't help but like get into it from the out from an outsider's perspective. This is how somebody who looks at like who doesn't like comic books almost or, like doesn't not doesn't like but like doesn't like or like doesn't know uh, doesn't really care about something like Star Wars must look at like me reacting to uh, the. Uh, <laughs> like me reacting to like the Star Wars trailers. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I know, I know exactly what you mean. But, I just, uh, it's yeah. Not, not to interrupt your earlier point. You were gonna say about something about gaming news. Oh fuck! What was I gonna say? Oh, okay. So the Starcraft remastered. Have you been paying attention to the Starcraft remastered stuff? Nope, not at all. Okay, so uh, Blizzard is remastering Starcraft with a, with a patch. It's the first patch in like ten years. Right, basically since the release of StarCraft Two, um, it's updating it for you know 1080p monitor. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not new graphics or anything. It's just making it work better on more powerful machines because the you know StarCraft is just not built to work on machines that are this powerful kind of now. Yeah. Um, and it is being picked up again, and and it is being, by the way, painstakingly painstakingly restored to kind of uh like the original intent like they actually talked about this where they said things along the lines of like your um uh your uh units that have weird like the dragoons kind of famously have like really buggy weird ai right they rewrote like the scarab pathing yeah exactly yeah exactly like scarab pathing right they re they had to rewrite like like aspects of the ai but they rewrote them to be as authentic to that bad ai as possible um it has caused a wave of news in the esports world um because it's kind of an admission on blizzard that seems to say that starcraft 2 is kind of dead that nobody's going to get into it that nobody's going to play it um there are a lot of people that have a lot of different uh kind of thoughts and opinions about this monte cristo fairly famously kind of came out and basically said like 
Brood War is the best game, is the best esport uh, that's ever been made. And the reason that it is so good is because of how hard it is. It is that kind of inaccessible um, that a player's, uh, you know, a player's skill can truly shine, right? A game like League of Legends, because it has kind of its own um, uh, usability concerns or whatever, um, you know, Faker's skill cap is 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 it hits a ceiling like an artificial ceiling because the makers of league can't make the game too hard for bronzies essentially kind of thing um but brood war was never dealt with along those kinds of terms right and even though game design has like progressed into the future right for instance i went back and i tried to do uh uh because i just like i have the game bought or whatever and i tried to do a little bit of stuff in starcraft and it is so fucking hard because like the fact that you can't select like units is like like a lot of units you can only display like a certain number of units at a time is the most frustrating thing it is like it drives me crazy right because you can only like have like 10 guys like 12 guys up in a uh, in a command group uh and so you have to like really segment your army uh whereas like in starcraft 2 you have a button right that selects literally every military unit you have on the screen um and it's just uh i don't know do you, you agree with him do i agree with him i uh people have said there, there are a couple of different people who have said different things for instance total biscuit has said the opposite of that where he's basically like yeah i mean starcraft remastered is cute and everything like that but people are going to instantly realize why how dated a game the original starcraft brood war is nobody's going to want to play it um because you know yeah starcraft 2 might have kind of whatever you know like whatever problems it has but it fixed so many of the fundamental problems that were wrong with a game that came out in 1998 um that that like kind of nobody that nobody will care this will, this will be a flash in the pan right these are the kind of the two hot takes you have on it right yeah. you have the people that are like so, you know this is blizzard you know realizing that starcraft 2 is just never going to be an esport it's a piece of shit game and i'm glad that they brought brood, brood war and now you know the fucking korean esports scene is going to go back to brood war and everything right like that's kind of the one side of things and then the other side of things is going to be like lol oh my god your nostalgia is going to blind you um i'm a little bit i'm i'm a little bit on that one side of your nostalgia is going to blind you um i don't think that but uh, you know from a different perspective i think that esports has moved past starcraft and rts is in general yeah i was um, gonna say that i think uh i think league of legends i think overwatch uh i think csgo um the team-based nature of the game rather than the solo-based nature of the game um are going to uh are going to kind of mean that you know people aren't going to want to go back to a world with flash um or whatever right um and even though i agree with monte cristo's point uh in general right like i do think league does cap the you know the the potential skill of its people of its players kind of artificially in order to keep the game you know playable and balanced for everyday humans um and and brood war not doing that and them not doing that in in for the brood war remake is kind of like cool um what i do think is going to kind of happen is that people who are spectators aren't going to want to watch to comprehend that level of skill yeah no i i i agree i i think that the fact they do i i think 
that Monte Cristo is entirely wrong. I think the fact that they cap players actually like, so I, you know, he says it's a better esport. Better is kind of a very vague term, right? Like, you know, what, what, is, what does that even mean? Right. But I think in terms of like drawing a crowd, I think that a game that has like some amount of relatability to the player is going to be, is going to, to win out every time. Um, I've got my own theories as to why StarCraft 2 kind of failed um, in the wake of, of League of Legends, but I think that's it's kind of neither here nor well, there. Just, well, I mean, just because oh. I'm interested, what would you say? Oh, so, like, I honestly think... So, the the secret, the reason why Brood War kind of blew up is because it was, like, almost universally pirated by every PC bong in, uh, in, in Korea. And so everybody could play it for free. Um, League of Legends, likewise, is a free game. StarCraft II cost money, which is why I don't think it, it's it achieved nearly as widespread adoption. Um, and I think that that's, that's kind of the, the biggest story. And I think Overwatch might have a chance of overcoming it just because, you know, I think that, I think they have some sort of deal set up for, like, PC Bongs. Um, but, like, just kind of, like, the universality of, of Overwatch, the popularity of it in North America yeah. can carry it. I don't think StarCraft is ever that popular in North America. And... As, and StarCraft Two never was either, so kind of like the willing play, the the paying willing player base of North American fans just was never there, um, so it, it never it never kind of held on by any's NA's pants. So uh, I, I think in order for a game to succeed this high in Korea, it needs to be some form of free, and in order for it to succeed in the Americas, it needs to have kind of like a following, which StarCraft never really like. StarCraft had a following among like. A couple dedicated people, but it was never it was never had like the kind of audience that that say League of Legends did. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that, that that's that's Mango's hot take on 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 StarCraft Remastered. Okay, fight Fair me, enough. Monty. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I I I honestly really don't know how I feel about it. Um, I really don't know how I feel about that. Uh, I I agree with you about the PC bongs, um, but I also think that there was some. I you know I, to be honest with you, I kind of think that like the culture has moved away from like RTSs like that. I agree. Right? Like um, it's just not a it's just not a genre that people are doing. Um, that like people are people are like super into. I don't know. I mean, I love it. I love the genre, and I love uh, I love StarCraft Two. Right? I think StarCraft Two is great. Um, I don't know that I like StarCraft 2 as an eSport. Uh, like, I, you know, like, I like the story, and I think that the, you know, like, the, uh, I think that that stuff that, you know, you know, this is the stuff that made Blizzard the powerhouse that it is, right? They made RTSs with really strong, captivating stories, and were able to kind of, you know, go, uh, uh, go go crazy off of the backs of that, but then they transitioned into other stuff as other stuff got popular, and that, that seems that seems fine to me. I think if there's no StarCraft three, and I doubt there will be a StarCraft three, um, you know, that's not the end of the world. Yeah, I, I so I think I think what's, what's what's really kind of happening here is it must be, you know, super frustrating to be Blizzard. Kind of like a birth esports is kind of like a genre with 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 Brood War. Um, kind of unintentionally, and they just haven't been able to to pump it back up. And and you know, as I'm saying this, I'm imagining that with, with the, you know the the the, the kind of gift that everybody uses of um, Woody Harrelson drawing uh, drying his eyes with like money yeah. after crying. <laughs> <laughs> it's like with all with all their Warcraft money, but like, um, but like it's 
you know, Heroes of the Storm was just not competitive enough to draw a scene. StarCraft II kind of missed the mark for various reasons, um, and never never really grew into like a real esport. Overwatch is trying to get there, I guess, but I don't I don't, I don't know how that's gonna be. You know, you know. It, speaking of Monte Cristo, him and Doe have been tapped to come stateside and cast Overwatch, so. Hopefully that'll start up soon, but I also feel like they're kind of missing the boat, like missing the timing window for, for professional Overwatch. I'm so, I, I I would have hoped to have games have already started like in in like the, uh, the like in January at, at the latest. It, it seems like it's we're gonna hit the we're gonna hit the one year anniversary of Overwatch very soon. Wait, would they haven't? I thought they've been going on this whole time. I, there have been tournaments, but I don't think the the, the Overwatch League, I, like the the Blizzard Overwatch League, I don't think it started yet. Oh. Oh, oh, okay, fair enough. Right, like, there have been independent tournaments, but that's, like, there's been independent tournaments for everything forever. Yeah, because um, Monte Cristo has been casting stuff. Like, I know that he's been casting yeah, Overwatch. He does, but, he just doesn't cast League anymore. And yeah. I see it on his Twitter all the time, like, oh, they're casting this thing or that thing or whatever. Well, that, that was the big story. Him and Doa just got tapped by Blizzard to cast natively for, for Overwatch in, in, in the U.S. Um, so, we'll be looking forward to, to them. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I also think that Blizzard is, is happy, uh, like, for instance, Hearthstone has a pretty powerful esports scene that people seem to be into. Um, uh, Here's of the Storm has one, but it is more, like, people get into the dorm ones, like, it's all about these college leagues, apparently. I don't know, I like, I know some people that are, like, really into it, and they talk about it. Here's the dorm, is what they call it. Um, and they always mention, like, oh, fucking somebody picked this champion in Heroes of the Dorm or whatever. Have you seen any of this stuff with, like, Heroes of the Storm 2.0? No, I haven't. They're, like, they're like re-releasing the game, or, they're like, they're changing up kind of the meta uh, of the game, um, which means the, uh, uh, like, the, the champion. You know, they're, they're kind of moving a little bit towards the... the Overwatch loot box kind of system compared to what they have right now, which is kind of the more League of Legends system. Um, uh, if you have champions like leveled, like all of like the champion level ups or whatever to get like master skins and all that stuff, all that stuff is going away apparently. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think like I think we're you were get, we get a bunch of loot boxes free because like we played the old version of the game. Oh boy, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, neat. I've I I have not really gone back to that game since we played over the winter, like maybe for a game or two. Yeah, I went back. I went back and I played when uh like they had a they had a quick thing that was like oh play this game and then fucking get a mount in World of Warcraft and I was like hell yeah I want a fucking mount in World of Warcraft but yeah. You know, I, I've mostly been spending my time getting hype about Shadow of War. Um. Which comes out in August, I think. But they're really they're slow trickling information. Um, I think like last Thursday, they released that you'll be able to throw Calibrimbor's hammer as like a secondary ranged weapon. I was like, yes, I am so I'm so ready for this game. I'm so hype. Uh, I'm I'm surprised that you are so into it. What really? I don't know. So I I was I was excited. Like I I was like, oh neat when I heard about it, and then that first gameplay trailer dropped, and I was just blown away. Um. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, hey, I'm fair enough. I'm on, I'm on the Aslar train. I don't uh, want to, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to diminish that. Uh, I don't want to diminish that for you. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, you know, I've been playing, like, I've just been so into, I've just been so into Mass Effect Andromeda that it's like hard for me to, 
uh, yeah, think about other. I mean, I'm sure I'll get. I've been, I actually I've been thinking about replaying Shadow of War, um, Shadow, Shadow of, of Mordor, Mordor rather, um, just because I think it will be cool to go to go back to that game. I guess. Um, but I want to beat Andromeda first. I'm pretty close to beating Andromeda. Uh, I'm doing that thing where I'm like, you know, like I'm going through and getting all of my loyalty missions with my, with my crew members first. There is a loyalty mission, by the way, that you would fucking love. It is so funny. And it's this, it's it, it, the, the whole thing is, is, um, this is a little bit spoilers. So if you're playing Mass Effect Andromeda, uh, you know, have fun. Go, don't listen to me, right? Because it's a little bit spoilers. But okay, you have one of your crew members is like a risk taker. And um, and so you're doing, so like before each loyalty mission, you have a whole bunch of other missions going on and you kind of progress through those missions slowly. Um, and so you're, uh, as you're progressing through those missions, he's get he wants to accomplish something and he's kind of being riskier and riskier about how he wants to do that. And eventually kind of all of his risks almost like blow up in his face and you kind of have to like save the day, right? The per, you know, like the contact he had that he leaked all of this information to gets kidnapped. So you go with him, uh, you go with him to where like the contact is and you realize that like there's a spaceship that's blown up and you're like, oh, well there's fucking scavengers. They're going to come scavenge this wreckage or whatever and we'll just we'll just hide along and so like it starts with it starts with you hiding in a crate just floating in space like like and it's god it's staged so wonderfully because the crate is all dark and it does that thing kind of like in cartoons where like the your eyes are lit up so that you can kind of see them but it's with the like the lights inside of their mask and it will like light up as they start talking and it's clearly like an homage to that kind right, of right, like right. animation style or whatever and they're all talking about like wow it was actually really stupid of us to do this like what what why would they come why would they come get us here right we're gonna run out of air and die <laughs> but then you know eventually like the, the scavenger does uh, the scavenger ship does come um and by the way, the whole time, there's all of these Star Wars messages and quotes, like, don't get cocky, kid, and stuff like that. And, uh, and so they get, and so they get uh, picked up by the scavengers. And the scavengers are run by this, like, evil guy that keeps shooting his own henchmen. Um, and you're only communicating with him through, like, a comms thing where, like, it's like, it's like a little, uh, it's like a, you know, like a FaceTime almost right, thing right. where, like, a big holographic display of his face comes up and he starts yelling at people and then he shoots them. Um, and, uh, but like you and your, your teammate don't want to talk to him. So every time he pops up, they like bang the console so that he goes away again and he gets really mad. And it's just like, it's so funny and it's so fun. And there are all these Star Wars references. They do this, they do that like whole bit, like in the Death Star, like everything, every, everything's great. I'm fine. How are you? Like, <laughs> you know. And uh, and you would love it. I'm sure you would get such a fucking kick out of that. Yeah, it sounds like it's right up my alley. It was also very cool. Like, the level itself is also very cool because, like, you're fucking with the ship. And so you keep uh, you keep changing the direction of the gravity in the ship. And so you're going through the same levels, but, like, upside down and oh, sideways okay. yeah, yeah. and stuff like that, which is a very neat gimmick. They've actually they put a ton of work into these missions. Um uh, into these loyalty missions, and you can really tell that, like, yeah, I mean, they they fucking didn't give a shit about, commit, you know, director Addison's facial facial animations, but they cared a lot about making these loyalty missions really fun and uh, really interesting. Fair enough. All right. Well, 
I think that's all about all we have time for. Yeah. So, uh, if you'd like to tell us what you think of The Alchemist, um, or any of the things we talked about on this podcast, you can email us at somedurpsplaygames at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash somedurpsplaygames. You can follow us on Twitter, on Facebook. You can leave comments on iTunes and on SoundCloud and everywhere. Um, we will read them. Uh, uh, and I think that... And all the links will be in, in the description of the episode. Buddy, did you have anything else you wanted to promote? I did not. All right. In, in that case, uh, until next time, dear listeners... Until next time, loyal listeners.